Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. All righty, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Still Growing in Grace. After all, none of us have ever arrived, nor will we arrive on this great earth. So I've got a great topic today. Um, we're going to be talking about Ananias and Sapphira, which is a very hot topic, especially uh, among charismatic churches. Um, actually, all, many churches, it doesn't matter what tribe you're from, when you begin to visit this topic, it can be controversial. It's like, what the heck? How did God still show up angry and ticked off to take out, you know, somebody that was trying to do something good, at least mostly good? <laughs> ah! So we're going to have a, a wonderful discussion. So I'm just going to dive right into it. I think you're going to love this interview or this conversation. Um, and I'll be, well, I'll be listening with you live because I think this is, again, I get so much out of it by watching with you. Yes, the interview is great, but I think it's going to be even better because that usually happens when I'm listening again uh, a second time uh, to these conversations. So join me, Sandra, good morning, and Howard, good morning. Uh, great to see you both on. And those that will be chiming in later because it's too early, uh, man, I hope you enjoy this conversation and next week. So there's two of them back to back uh, this week and next week, uh, parts one and two. Here we go. All right. This is going to be fun. If you guys remember last time when uh, uh, Richard and I were chatting, we were talking about Moses and Jesus and Mount of Transfiguration. We talked about Moses coming down the mountain, you know, the ego and the veil and all that fun stuff. But Richard, you talked about Ananias and Sapphira and I caught that. So <laughs> I'm really hoping we can expand our understanding of the story. Um, can we first talk about the negative lens most people have on it and, and explain that first? So there's a comparison, because I think most of us will learn with a comparison. Is that fair? Sure, sure. I, I, I think that uh, the majority of people that know this have been uh, dogmatized with it. And really, uh, there's been a presumption that this was a, an example of the early church being so white hot with purity that the first person who stepped out of the line or stepped off the line and, and uh, lied to the Holy Spirit, withheld resources from the Holy Spirit, uh, was struck dead uh, in a sign of disapproval by God. A ticked a sign off of God. His wrath descending. Right, right. And that God uh, basically struck both of them dead for lying, lying to the Spirit and withholding things from the Spirit. Now, but I think honesty compels us to read the rest of the New Testament and to read the rest of Jesus's teachings and then put this incident to let, let the template of Jesus, how he dealt with people and how he told his church to deal with people was complied with or not complied with in this passage. Are you suggesting that Paul Are you suggesting that Paul and Peter are still learning and growing as they're telling the story? Well, you know what? You know what? Paul withstood Peter to his face. And I would challenge us to do the same thing. And, you know, here's the thing. These guys would want us to withstand them to their face if they were wrong. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. Now, listen, I think I can explain today or we can, you know, maybe hit a level where we see why Peter was wrong, where he went wrong, where everyone else took it the wrong way. And, but yet the hints are still there in the story to warn us. The flares are still there to say, wait a minute. Well, what about this? What about this thing that Jesus said? What about this thing Jesus said when we need to correct somebody? What about what Paul said elsewhere about correcting, you know, correcting those in a spirit of tenderness, mm. you know, ready to restore spirit of, them. Spirit of what? <laughs> well, but here, here's, I'll give you a perfect example. I think when I was, <clears throat> when I was born again, uh, and, and discover the Lord, I, I was so tender for the first few months. And then, and then uh, I entered into another, that secondary blessing that we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I entered into that. And when I did, and, and I, it's, it's like I, I got a new uh, zeal, a new power source, which was good for me. Listen, it, it really helped me. It, it helped me stand up and, and, and have some courage and, um, and, and to see the reality of God. And, but even then I was still a baby. This that was my Pentecost. You know, Peter's just past Pentecost here. And it's it's we and I remember that I was so, so zealous in those early days that it when I would see people, you know, when I would see people that weren't following the Lord or weren't listening to Jesus, I would just point you know, out. I, I would be, I would want to lower the boom on them. All right. And uh and that was the zeal uh, of the young and the zeal of the uh uh, and, and I really didn't have any personal history. I didn't have a history of, of watching people minister the tenderness of God and minister the tenderness of restoration. All I had was my zeal at the time. And, and, uh, and so I would have been, I, hey, you put myself in Peter's place. You know, I said, you know, I used to say, thus saith the Lord, you know, when I was, when I was in those days, thus saith the Lord. And, and it's funny now, but, but, you know, I was sincere. And I don't know. But doesn't, doesn't thus saith the Lord mean shut up and don't challenge me? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. And uh, uh, I, I think if we're honest with it and, uh, uh, you know, th so this whole thing is a journey for us to get to a place of, of approachability and a place of authenticity with the Lord. We're not having to drum this stuff up and, and trying to beat our chest and, and, and do all this type of stuff. And this this was a young church that had just formed and uh, they didn't have any to, you know, to help understand their uh, dilemma. They didn't really have any long history of understanding how to deal with these things. Uh, and, 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 and we'll talk about it. But I mean, Peter violated rule after rule after rule after rule. And when I say rule, I don't mean, you know, some sort of legalistic rule. I mean, dynamic that Jesus taught about restoring such a one and, and, and did Peter show the same grace, you know, that he himself was shown? I mean, yeah, he did he, get the Lord to read. Well, yeah, Jesus yeah, said to him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? That was reinforcing and taking away the shame of I deny you, I deny you, I deny you. Like, and, he forgot. Exactly. It's the guy who and, asked, and we'll, how many times do I ever see him? Somebody seven, right? Because I'm <laughs> all big and bad. <laughs> <laughs> he he speaks <laughs> hey just just before we go any further i'm going to jump into ask bill a question but while we're doing the question richard can you just kill any other apps that might be running on your phone um just so it can be a stronger stream because your picture is pausing your voice is great that's not cutting out but your video is stalling every once in a while so if not oh well i'll take it this is a great conversation he accidentally just closed zoom no, he didn't. He's uh, he just turned off his picture. Oh, did he? Is yeah, he still and muted himself. So that's oh, fine. So, okay. so here's here's what we're starting to talk about, Bill. Welcome, Bill. <laughs> um, 
uh, what I asked Richard to explain, because we're going to be talking about Ananias and Sapphira today, because it connects to the Moses and Jesus conversations we had recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're first talking about the the myth of the interpretation of the story, because uh, if we connect with the, those that are listening, what are you talking about? Or people may not have a clue. But then when we mention this, they go, "Oh yeah, I heard that too." I want to I want to at least highlight. Um, the uh, the false concept or the traditional concept that needs to, a, a more hope-filled perspective. How have you understood the story? And then we'll dive into the fun stuff. Well, obviously the way I understood it before, like the old way of understanding it, right? Is that you have these two individuals who sell some property, right? And they don't give all the money. <laughs> they they kind of, Lie. But they let everybody believe they did. Yeah, yeah, they let everybody believe they did, but they kept a little bit to themselves. And then the way I used to understand it, God and his judgment against this lie strikes them both dead. Oh, look at the wrath of God in action, right? That's how, unfortunately, so many of us have been taught to interpret this story. And I, I love Richard's way of understanding it. And I've come to the same kind of conclusion. I've not heard it. So I'm eager to hear this. Like this is this I'm, I just had a chat with Richard before we started before yeah. recording and talked to him about a couple of lenses. I've heard that were better than the lens you just shared. But you know. um, as we were talking, I'm thinking, no, they're not even that great. They're okay, but there's more. <laughs> Give me more. There is more. I think there's a lot. And so that's just, I mean, that's the Cliff Notes version of kind of the, at least even the foundational paradigm that I think mm-hmm. most people bring presuppositionally into the into the story, right? You've already started with God's wrath, God's judgment, God's vengeance against people who have quote unquote sinned, yeah. right? So, so we bring that into the conversation as the presupposition, and then we filter it from that. If we take the idea, though, that Jesus is the exact representation of God. What? I know, shocking, right? And what he did when he kept forgiving people who didn't ask for forgiveness and drawing all creation into himself, never counting sins against anybody and all these other things and player it into this. Well, it starts to reveal some different things, I think, uh, pretty dramatically. So your lens matters. The lens is everything. And one thing I would like that, I think, point out, and I I imagine Richard would agree, is I think the beauty of this account is its transparency. Mm. I mean, they've put this in there, and it's like, I think that's the one thing sometimes we miss miss with Scripture, is Scripture is, is, even in the Old Covenant, amazingly transparent with the the failures of humanity to sometimes understand and get, get love right right? And understand God as love, therefore correctly. So I think this is inserted very much in a, in a very transparent way from Luke, who's obviously the author here. Um, and again, it's, it's kind of a Rorschach test for us. It's, it's not telling us exactly what happened and how it happened. It's asking us to, to take that filter and apply it and expose to us what we really believe about God. Is God like uh. Christ? Or is God like Moses's? Were you listening in the last two conversations we just had? Oh my goodness! I wasn't. I, <laughs> I know you so, didn't, but by the I way, was running late. By the way, how's your voice? How's your? your you, just had, you just had some work on your 
on vocal cords. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Last Wednesday, I had a, a surgery on, I didn't even know this existed until a week and a half ago. Uh, I had a vocal cord joint dislocation. Didn't even and know how did this vocal. happen? Huh? How did That's, this happen? This is the crazy in, part. I was in the truck with my daughter. And actually, Richard, this is before um, uh, we, we were down in um, Tifton. Uh, it was about three or four days before that. And I sneezed in the truck. I just, and I, you know, you just kind of go, you do one of those and you hold the sneeze kind of in your head. You just don't let it all out. And I Yeah, because it's messy otherwise. That and I'm just trying to be nice and not just go <laughs> to, to, my, to my daughter. And I felt something on right down here, like either break or pop loose is the wow. only way to describe it. And I was like, that's not normal. And I would swallow and I would feel something like trying to pull back into place. And I just left it be for about a week thinking it could self-heal possibly. Yeah, because you're a guy. We do that. Yeah, like, well, I mean, yeah. It was, it's one of those things that it, it wasn't, I was still talking, I could still eat. But I would, when I blow, blow my nose, it would be, it would hurt. And then when I try to swallow, it would hurt. Wow. And I was like, okay, something's not right. And, but it got better. And, and I was back to like 85%, maybe 90% better. It would still feel a little weird, but I was like, okay, the pain's going away. So I should be getting better. And I sneezed again and subconsciously did the same thing. And I thought something exploded in my throat. Wow. So, um, uh, then I picked up the phone immediately and got an, an appointment the next day with an ENT. So and he's like, yeah, I've never seen this before. Um, this is really, 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 really rare. I've never heard of this before. And I do that all the time. I always, you know, stop the sneeze. Cause, cause you do. Yeah. And so this is, it's a one in a bazillion chance. I think you're so other, special. Yeah. One other recorded case of somebody getting it from an extreme cough fit. Yeah. So, um, well, praise God though. I I'm mean, just, you sound, I'm sound just good like that. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank I'm you for the prayers though. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, it, it concerned me because when I do that all the time, it's like, I've never heard of this. And you have a gift of explaining with your voice, great stuff, uh, not just in the tech world, but in the spiritual uh, realm as well. And uh, I thought, Oh my goodness, this, yeah. this is bizarre. And your wife must've loved a couple of days of silence, but yeah. You know. <laughs> so that is the irony. So I had surgery to pop it back into joint and then I was on vocal rest for two days. So yeah, my wife, uh, she got a little break. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Good. Thank you. Thanks for that update. I, yeah. No, no, thank you. Guys. I, I don't want to, I, I want to make sure, even though we talk about great spiritual things, everyday life is spiritual too, right? Our humanity and how we share our stories. I don't, I don't want to ever become only talking about God stuff, spiritual stuff, Bible stuff, when we got real lives going on too. And I think the transparency and on uh, authenticity has got to stay going. That's why I wanted to ask about that. Cause sorry, yeah. you're a friend and I want to know how you're doing. So I'm doing, I'm doing as well. I do have a follow up with a super specialist, a larynologist. Um, Laryn? Ah, as in larynx? Laryngologist, yeah. yeah. So uh, on October 20th. So okay. just to make sure everything's going well. Okay. All right. Back, back to back back to this awesome topic. So we've just heard the traditional lens of what uh, Ananias and Sapphira um, could be understood as. Let's dive in. I'm the learner today. I'll poke and prod. If something's not clear, uh, I'm going to ask you. Because I'm assuming I'm a typical person. 
I'm here to learn too, because I haven't got this one figured out. There's a number of topics that are just hard and it's fun to have conversation about it because then you unpack gently versus a hard bash. So tell me what you've started with Richard. I'm going to get you to go first. What, what, what joyful right, well, or hopeful you know, ends have you got? Well, you know, we talked the last time we met, we talked about Moses striking the rock in the old Testament yeah. and what an amazing episode. And really Peter is the Moses of the new Testament. When you think about it, they both had anger issues. They both were brave. They both were headstrong. Um, but, uh, and there's some other issues as well with that, but I, I, I think, um, the amazing thing about that episode of Moses striking the rock is that Moses both was hearing God, partially obeying God, but also sinning at the same time mm. altogether. God tells him to speak to the rock. And so that the people would see how much God loved them and provided a miracle that would allow them to, you know, to drink when they were starving and dying of thirst in the wilderness. Moses is upset, though, because they're complaining. So he hears God's word and then he says, how long must I put up with you people, you people? <laughs> well, that's essentially what he said. How much but I put up? How much? How, how long must God and I? That's it. God and I. He elevated himself. Yeah. Yeah. So so then he strikes the rock out of anger, misrepresenting the divine nature. All right. He strikes the rock so that the people now think God is angry. You know, who knows what he's going to do with striking the rock? Water does come out. But now he's misrepresented the nature of God. And God, in the wake of that, was there a miracle? Did Moses hear God? Yeah, he heard God. Did he act partially in faith? Yeah, he acted partially in faith. But did he also sin and misrepresent God's nature? Yes. All right. And when he did, remember, this is in numbers. God comes right after that. And this was the sin. This is in the same chapter. It's the next passage where God comes and says, you won't be able to enter into the promised land because you have failed to sanctify my name. You have failed to set apart my nature. You've misrepresented me. And because of that, you won't be able to enter in the promised land. Now, of course, I, I, I read that all kind of allegorically just just for there to be a dynamic for us to see there that misrepresenting the character of God keeps us from entering into the promised land of rest, the promised land of the kingdom of God. All right. So with, with that in mind, but the amazing thing about that passage is Moses was acting in faith and also sinning at the same time, partially sinning, partially acting in faith. But that's so not want, possible. Come on. <laughs> well, it makes you how many times have we misrepresented the nature of God? I, I've heard something I knew was of God. I delivered it as of God. But here comes old, you know, you know, macho acting Richard messing it all up and, and, and misrepresenting the tone, the tenderness of God. And I think that the way to hit this chapter in Acts, and it's in Acts 5, is uh, I, I've written something called CSI Jerusalem, Who Murdered Ananias and Sapphira? Oh, cool. You know, that's the name of my so we do a crime scene investigation and we go in there and we see what, what, who, who did the killing here? What, who does it actually say did the killing? Does it say who did the killing? All right. We know that a couple is dead. And, but, you know, the first thing that, that Peter says, and this is where I would think he would be Moses hearing God. He says, um, you know, they, they had kept back some of their property. And in verse three, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? and to deceive. So what do we know about Ananias' heart? That at that particular moment, Satan had filled his heart. All right, well, you know what? Think for a moment. Jesus actually called Peter Satan one time. 
when Satan, when Peter was trying to keep him from going to the cross, you remember, and he said, get behind me, Satan, talking to Peter, all right? And, and who filled Peter's heart to deny Christ three times, all right? If it wasn't Satan that filled his heart to do it. So anyhow, when, when I'm, I'm trying to lay the groundwork here. So, so, uh, so Satan is the one who filled their hearts. So we're dealing with a situation where uh, Satan has uh, put fear, condemnation, deceit in somebody's heart. So what does this do? to the Lord's protective presence. What does this do? I want to read you a, a, um, a, an interpretation from the Word Study Greek English New Testament by Paul McReynolds. In verse 9, he, he says, when he's talking to both of them, uh, Peter says, uh, why, did the, why did the two of you agree to pressure out the Spirit? Why did the two of you agree to pressure out the Spirit? All right. Now, that's, a, that's a, uh, an interpretation that I really like because what it shows is the dynamic pressure out, Satan in, pressure out, condemnation in, pressure out, lying in, all right? So, you know, there are many situations where God is grieved and God is quenched and God is pressured out of the situation. There's a couple of other places that talk about it in the New Testament as well, where our, our fear, of our hate, our bitterness, we pressure out the spirit. And when we do, that allows Satan to fill the vacuum. Now, we don't have to, you know, I know we may have different views about what Satan is, but let's just accept Satan in this context as a deathly dynamic, a, self, a self-centered dynamic that, does, that hates the things of God and that wants us to not yield to the, to the love and the light of the, of the Lord, whatever that is. Yeah, whether that it's works. Yeah. So, uh, so anyhow, so they lie, and then Peter Basically, from, from I'm just going to be bold with this, basically does not protect them and try to bring them into restoration. Instead, he allows them basically to be condemned to death. Now, it's very interesting that the terminology used in this, and it's more clear in the King James, it says, you know, that, that it uses the term give up the spirit. You know, they gave up the spirit. Now, think about what that means. That's a very unusual term. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only other place it's used is, uh, 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 I think it's used of Jesus. He gave up the ghost. You know, that, that's that. It, that's a fun phrase. Time. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and also with Herod, he gave up the ghost. Oh. And, you know, Josephus writes about Herod, um, you know, being uh, in such despair and eating of worms. You know, I, I know Acts says Herod, it, it makes it sound like he died immediately, but actually, Herod survived three days and was in, in, in incredible agony and despair. And, and this was right after he claimed to be God. You know, Herod's given a speech where he claims to be God. So what I'm trying to get across here is just the idea that what Ananias and Sapphira needed were rest, was restoration. They needed to be confronted. They needed to be gently confronted. They need to be um, uh, according to the way Jesus said to confront them. And you, you remember what Jesus said to do. If any of you are caught in a trespass, one of you go to the person privately, and then two of you go. And then if they don't receive correction from the two of you, then they're brought in front of the whole church, and, and the whole church tries to minister to them. Okay, it's in Matthew. All right, well, where two or more gathered, and where two or more gathered, I am there. Yep. But, yeah. but, 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 but for that one, what you just mentioned, Bill, I'm not sure that's about conflict as it is about um relationships like it, it's but it's, it's in that passage it it is in the passage so. i know that's it's interesting i just i threw it in there because yeah. I think it is interesting because relationships 
I, I haven't been in a relationship that I'm aware of that hasn't had some degree of conflict, conflict, Friction. right? And and we're two or more in this thing. We need to just as Richard is saying, we need to bring that presence of the restore the restoring nature of Christ. And not meaning, grace. not meaning he's not there, right? Exactly, exactly. He's okay. there. Keep going. I love it. Yeah, keep going, Richard. But I just I thought that was a nice little just dig. Yeah. Well, we threw him, we yeah, threw him off. And, Sorry. And, and, you know, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, all this is good. I mean, that's that's what we're doing. This is what should have happened. What we're doing now. This is what should have happened there. Well, what do we do about this? Because let me ask you this: How many people today would call resources from the Holy Spirit? Uh, have you done it? I've done it. Well, you know, uh, God owes Ananias and Sapphira an apology every time somebody's not struck dead who 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 may withhold things from God and may hide things from God. And who may lie and have a lying episode or a lying season in their life or whatever. I mean, one th- those Come people on. aren't struck dead. And if I and if I and if I try if I tried to tell you today, if I try to tell you in church, if I try to do what Peter did here and say you're gonna you're gonna be dragged out of here dead, all right, after I find out that you're lying, I mean, how, how many would say that's the spirit of God? We we would never accept that from each other. If I started, you know, talking that way now. You know about one of the two of you because the son. Uh, oh darn! Him. Yeah, his uh, his connection was bad. Keep going, uh, Bill, because I think you two are so in sync on this. No, I agree. You know, I love that thought. I mean, just put your your pastor here. He comes back, so you're a pastor. I mean, can you imagine saying, "Hey, I I know someone out there. I have it on insider information that somebody in my congregation has a hundred dollar bill in their pocket." It's 10% of investment that they've made this week. And if you don't give it all to Jesus, you're not walking out of here alive. (laughs) But effectively, the guilt and the condemnation for that person, if they're not, you know, that we're placing into that void um, uh, where the spirit has has left them, then then that is death, right? It's the the enemy that comes to kill Steal, kill, and destroy. And I think we're going to get there as, as it keeps coming to our point. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, we have to find out what was the mechanism, what was the murder weapon, that said, the CSI, right, that actually brings death to these two individuals. Right. What is it? You're, you're muted. You're right? muted. <laughs> you look a lot better. It's a lot cleaner looking. <laughs> okay. There it is. Oh, okay. Is that better? It's a little bit better, yes. Well, you know, there, there's a famous story about uh, Queen Mary. I think it was Queen Mary of, of uh, basically condemning someone to death. And, and the person died right there before her because, you know, they knew the, uh, they knew this, you know, the, the power that she bore and Bloody Mary, uh, just the fear of it. She had, and so, so I, I want to do this as a thought experiment. What, what would happen? If uh, let's say John, John was the beloved. Now I guess all the disciples knew that he was Jesus' special, you know, breast, uh, head on breast disciple, right? What would have happened after Peter denied uh, Jesus three times if the next morning John had come up to him and said, you know, you are a liar. You are a liar, who, a, a, a Jesus denier. You're going to be carried out of here for the lies that you told. That sounds Is like the Baptist Church of that. imagine that Peter, who was already, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if Peter, you know, uh, 
was told that he was already crushing himself. You know that he was already beating himself up. What would have happened? Could he? Could that have possibly driven him to the edge to jump over and to give up the ghost? Well, to basically know, jump over and not want to live anymore. When we know of one disciple who did just that, Judas. I mean, you know, yeah, now yes. Jesus kisses him, offers him no condemnation, but the condemnation he put upon himself. And I, I also think he felt, because I think it's another interesting part of uh, scripture, how transparent the unforgiveness of the apostles are toward Jewish Judas, even as they write about forgiveness. It's kind of an interesting mm, you see a glimpse into to these guys who are still holding a grudge for something he did to Jesus, even though Jesus is the first person to kiss him when receive him in the garden. And, you know, he goes and he hangs himself. He, he kills himself, right? What, however you want to interpret that, it's the condemnation and the guilt and the shame he brings for what he do, did, you know? Um, so, so I think you're right. I think any of the other uh, disciples were subject to that and thank the Lord after the resurrection, maybe they didn't have to deal with that guilt for very long because they were restored very quickly. Mm. Yeah, and, 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 and really, when we look at it, that's why we need to practice this thing called intertextuality. And intertextuality says you just don't read one text. You have to combine them with other texts on the same topic. But the, Bible, we... but the Bible plainly says. <laughs> well, there's, we know enough from the other teachings. And, uh, you know, let me read this one, Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if a person be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Uh, the passages I cited earlier, Matthew 18, 15 through 17. First go, if someone, you know, if there's a trespass amongst you, go one-on-one -on -one with the person, then two-on-one. Then, then, and then you can bring the people in front of the church for correction, not to kill them. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, to, to think this to is think. about restoration. That's right. Yes, yes, and and um, and then we ask, we start asking. So when we see that this conflicts with what other passages say, then we go. That causes us to go back and re-examine this passage because most people would tell you, "Hey, the passage says God killed them." No, it doesn't. There is not one. There's not one word in there that says God struck them dead yep. or the Spirit struck them dead. Peter's in there, and I think I think they were condemned enough. Would they have died had Peter not said anything and just stayed silent during the whole thing and not condemned him or looked at him severely or called him out? Had Peter not done any of that, would they have died? Uh, who knows? I, yes, I don't think the answer is yes. Eventually, yeah, yeah. But but with Peter there, <laughs> Peter Peter as a minister of God should have stepped in the breach. And should have seen that Satan, you know, that they were that they were being manipulated by Satan, and tried to minister grace to it, ministered some tenderness, some forgiveness, some hey, 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 hey. We've all, you know, before the end of the next ten years, we all would have been where you two have been now. We all are going to have been caught lying. I know we weren't struck dead. That's the whole point. We're preaching a God who doesn't strike you dead, not one who does. Right. And, you know, that, that's so so we so we take what we know from other passages and we go back and we begin to say, now, wait a minute. You know, uh, what, what about Peter? Uh, did, did he show them the same grace that that he was shown? You know, did did he show uh, you know, did he did he share his testimony? Well, you, you, listen, I know you all are feeling condemned right now. I know you're feeling the need to lie. But let me share. Let me share what happened to me on the night that Jesus, you know, when I denied Jesus. And then tried to reach him that way. Did he minister the grace with which he was ministered? And, and you'd have to say no. And the, the, the acid test of this, guys, I think, is when in the wake of it, 
Now, most people, the verses I'm about to talk about, most people say, well, this proves he was right. Is in the wake of it, everyone started coming up to Peter and worshiping Peter and falling in his shadow and bringing the heel and putting things in his shadow to heal. Mm -hmm. I, I would argue that because these guys were struck dead, that, that people started, this is when the Pope was born. Or Pope. Right, okay. Because I'm going I'm to pause uh, you. I am so going to pause you. <laughs> it is almost time. I'm going to end it sooner than I, another four minutes, but we're going to end it like now because you okay. just teased the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no way I can make you stop in the next three minutes and then start again for part two because holy smokes. Uh, so we're going to come, we're going to come right back to this and uh, we're going to continue this. So I, I'm just going to hijack it because it's just way too good. I, I, I'm sensing where this is going. Is that okay? Okay. Sounds great. All right. I'm going to hit the, rec uh, turn off the record, but uh, folks, man, part two's a common. <laughs> so fun. Yikes. What'd you think? Oh my, that was, that was good. Um, yeah. That's only part one. Part two is even better. Um, as I'm listening again, I'm realizing, oh, I remember the continuation of all that. There's a lot to take in here. There's a lot of good news. There's a lot of um, uh, dismantling of myths or uh, fear is being destroyed. So I'm, ho I'm hoping you're hearing that because I sure am. Uh, who is this Jesus we say we believe in? Is he the God of the Old Testament? Is the God of the New Testament different than the God of the Old? or are our perspectives different so anyway i thought it was really good hope you enjoyed that um and uh, i'm looking forward to next week part two so thanks for taking <coughs> taking time to join me today um sandra and uh howard thanks for joining in and mike hey mike in guelph good to see you buddy uh he says ananias means grace yep it does there's a lot of great uh, tweaks and depths and levels of understanding in this story. So let's come back next week for part two. I think you're really going to like it. You guys have a great week, and I will see you next time. Or if you want to join us on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. See you then. Bye-bye. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.